the Young and Healthy Podcast. You're listening to the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 10 of the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. My name is Michael English, and I am your host for today. Today, we're talking about car seats and child passenger safety. The law in the state of Ohio says a child must be in a rear-facing seat in the back seat until they're at least two years old, and they must be in a five-point harness car seat in the back seat until age four or 40 pounds. Buckling our children into the car properly for each and every ride is one of the most important things we can do to keep babies and kids safe. But we also recognize that it can be confusing to keep track of which type of seat you need and the ages when kids can transition to forward-facing, a booster, no booster, and eventually to the front seat. We've also heard often from parents that choosing a car seat can be an overwhelming and intimidating task. We're going to talk through all of it today with our guest, Michelle Price. Michelle, will you please introduce yourself? Hi, yeah, so I'm Michelle Price. I am a program management specialist with the Comprehensive Children's Injury Center at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. I'm a certified child passenger safety technician. Okay, well, thank you. So, question number one, let's get right to business. How do parents choose the right car seat for their child? Yeah, so what we tell people is to get a car seat that fits their child, fits their car, and fits their budget also. Basically, every car seat has to pass the same minimum crash test standards. So some car seats are a little bit more affordable and some of them are a little bit more expensive, but at a minimum, they all have to pass the same rigorous federal crash test standards. Okay, so when it comes to uh, car seats, they're all gonna be pretty safe at that point. Our parents basically just looking at I guess for lack of a better word, the amenities of a car seat, like, hey, this one has two cup holders. And- <laughs> yeah, um, and, and two, the, the thing to think about is you want to make sure that you're picking a car seat that fits your child based on their age and their weight so um, and their height. So the, the biggest thing to look for is if the car seat that you're looking at is going to fit them by height and weight and to keep in mind that um, based on your child's size and their age that you're going to want to keep them um, in certain positions when they're riding in the car. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, sure. That makes sense. You know, we were talking earlier um, sort of about the Olympics, and one of the things I, I, I thought about was that issue of height, weight, age, you know, sort of determining um, – How do you know when to move a child into, like, let's say, a booster seat or maybe out of a booster seat? And the reason why I brought up the Olympics was because, I don't know if you guys know this, Simone Biles is listed as four foot eight. And I, yes, four foot eight. And this is no disrespect to Simone Biles. She's one of the greatest athletes I've certainly ever seen. But uh, is, is she tall enough to not be in a car seat you know this this is an honest question like how do you make those determinations yeah so that's a that's a great question and that does come up a lot because there are some adults who are a little bit shorter um so there's kind of a couple things to think about there um we want children to sit 
in a booster seat generally until they are four foot nine inches in height. And they should be sitting in the back seat until they're at least 13 years old. In the case of you know an adult that is around that height, um, they're, since they've reached adulthood, their bone density is a little bit more developed where their body would be able to take the, the impact of an airbag a little bit more or a lot better than a young child. That, that's a relief to hear. I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little concerned about Simone Biles. <laughs> um, so you said that uh, you want to make sure that uh, your car seat is going to be able to fit your child. Mm-hmm. Um, what are tips for parents that maybe have a kid in the hospital? Um, well, actually, when the child is born, they're going to have to go out and get the, the car seat. So when they're bringing it in, you know, what are the tips that you have for uh, I guess just car seat fitting, car seat safety when bringing a child home from the hospital? Yeah, so um, children should be, in the state of Ohio, children should be rear-facing in their car seat until they are at least two years old. What we're really recommending is children to stay in the rear-facing position until they outgrow it by height and weight. So um, there's kind of two options starting out for rear-facing car seats. There are infant seats, um, which are usually intended for infants or small children. Um, And then there's also convertible car seats, which often start at a lower weight limit, like usually around five pounds. Um, But again, you'd have to double check the actual convertible car seat that you're getting. Um, And those will last you longer because since they're a convertible car seat, they convert from a rear to a forward facing position. Um, but they can get you, there's a little bit more bang for your buck, I guess, when you have a car seat that you can start putting a young child in from the beginning or a baby, and then they can, the car seat can grow with them. Okay. So one of the questions that I've gotten a lot, yeah. and I, prior to this life in this role, I actually worked in family relations in our family resource center and parents were fine with sort of figuring out how uh, they can choose a car seat that's going to work for their kid but the challenge would come for them with actually installing it properly they would call and they'd say you know hey where can we go and i found out that maybe fire departments don't do this as much as they used to that used to be a thing and i can tell you myself as a parent sometimes putting in a car seat into a new car i mean I work up quite a sweat. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. It's it, it can be challenging to make sure it's installed properly. If a parent does not want to uh, take anything to chance and, and, and doesn't want to sweat in the middle of summer like I do sometimes, what's what can they do to make sure their car seat is properly installed? Yeah, uh, great question. And first, let me say that I've worked myself up in a sweat many a time um, installing car seats in in cars. So um, the first thing that I tell parents to do is to make sure that you're reading your manual from front to back. It can be a little bit dense, a little bit confusing, um, but we really encourage families to do that. Um, And then to attempt installing the car seat to the best of your ability. Um, And then at that point, that's a good chance or a good time to follow up with a certified child passenger safety technician so they can check your install. Um, you know, we, we want to make sure that our families are 
familiar with the car seat because, you know, if your car has, you know, a mechanical issue and it has to go to the shop, you don't want to be in a position that, you know, now you have to move your car seat to a different car and you're starting from square one. So, um, yeah, so we just really encourage people to try the best that they can to install a car seat. And then, for example, here at the hospital, um, families can call to make an appointment um, for a car seat check, or we do car seat checks virtually as well. Um, And on our website, we actually also maintain what we call a fitting station list. So it's a list of fire, police, and health departments throughout the greater Cincinnati area that have certified child passenger safety technicians on staff. So I encourage people to still call ahead um, instead of just showing up to the fire department because not all of them have um, we call CPST, Certified Child Passenger Safety Technicians. Not all of them have one on staff. Um, and sometimes, you know, they're busy or they're not on shift. So yeah, just make sure that you're planning ahead and calling in advance to get that um, set up. Yeah, and, and actually, uh, just sort of in preparation to, to speak with you, I actually went onto our .org site and just searched car seat. And that, that was the first I had found out about the child fitting stations. And so any parent can actually just go onto our website and find those stations and give them a call. Um, and also, I just want to say thank you for confessing that you also work yourself up into a ladder <laughs> while you're trying to install a car seat. Never have I felt uh, less in shape than when I'm trying to put my daughter's car seat into the car. Yeah, and it's with, with when it's a hot day, it's hard not to. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, I just took a shower, but I need another one now. Um, so we talked a little bit about, uh, changing car seat positions, moving to booster seats. Um, the big step, at least for when I was a kid was okay. I'm going to go to the front seat. So when can kids start making those transitions? Number one, from out of a booster seat to just sitting on their own. And then number two, from going from the back to the, to the front. Yeah, uh, great question. So um, in Ohio, our law says that a child should be eight years old um, to be able to come out of a booster seat. But again, what we really recommend is looking for that about four foot, nine inches in height for the child to be coming out of the booster seat. There's a step called the five-step test um, where you can start to tell if your child is you know, big enough to um, ride in just a seatbelt. So what that involves is your child sitting in the, the back seat um, and they should have their back scooted all the way to the back of the seat. Their knees should bend comfortably at the edge of the seat with their feet flat on the floor. And what you're looking for when the seatbelt is buckled in is you wanna make sure that the lap portion of the belt is coming across their hips and not up on their belly. Mm -hmm. And the shoulder portion should be hitting about mid collarbone and it shouldn't be cutting into their neck. And um, the child should be able to sit in an upright position for the entire ride um, without slouching or leaning over um, and know not to, to mess with the seatbelt also. Okay, so that's if they're sitting in the, the back. The back, yes. Okay. And then to sit in the front seat, um, we recommend to be at least 13 years old. Okay, all right. Um, now what about for kids with maybe um, medical equipment or other healthcare considerations. Um, 
what sort of resources are there for parents to figure out maybe the best car seat for them or an appropriate car seat or fitting specifications? Because maybe that's not something that is uh, resources that aren't typically or knowledge based that's not typically available to them. Yeah, so um, this one's pretty easy for me to talk about because this is an exciting kind of project that we've been working on at the hospital for the last couple of years. So um, the first thing I want to say is special needs, special healthcare needs doesn't always transition to needing a special needs car seat. A lot of times kids with special needs can ride in, you know, a commercial five point harness car seat fine. Um, and you know, when that's the case, or if you do end up having to go with a special needs car seat, one thing that we want to keep in mind is sometimes, um, these kiddos can have a lot of like heavy equipment between like oxygen tanks and monitors. So, um, we try to encourage people to stow those or secure them as much as possible. Sometimes you can use the seatbelt. Sometimes you can put, you know, tanks under the seat or some equipment can go in the trunk. So we just encourage people to keep that in mind when it comes to transporting equipment with their child. Um, that being said, you know, there are cases where special needs car seats are warranted. Um, so what we recommend doing is trying to meet with a special needs trained um, car seat technician who can do an assessment and kind of see what options may be best based on what the the needs are, the positioning is. Um, and for example, here at the hospital, um, myself and my colleagues, we work really closely with um, families who have kids with special health care needs, and we'll do an assessment. And then if we, um, you know, find that it's, it does seem that a special needs car seat's appropriate. We have this really awesome partnership with the Perlman Center here where um, families will get referred there and one of the therapists will do an evaluation to write up the letter of medical necessity for um, families to get special, um, car, special needs car seats through insurance. Okay. I mean, so is that through the child passenger safety program I looked up and I know you've mentioned some things mm -hmm. like the uh, car seat fitting station map mm -hmm. and maybe a few other things that fall under there is that part of that program yeah so um our, our website is kind of its own web page within the Cincinnati Children's website so our center is called the Comprehensive Children's Injury Center, and um, families can search Comprehensive Children's Injury Center, Cincinnati Children's. We should be one of the first tabs that pops up on Google or Firefox, wherever, wherever you're searching, and it'll say like injury prevention. And when you click on that, it'll take you to our webpage, and there's tons of safety tips about all kinds of topics. Um, and one of them is child passenger safety. And there's a tab, you know, within there that kind of outlines the, the process for the special needs car seats as well. Okay, thank you. Um, so one of the things that sometimes happens with my daughter uh, is sometimes I'll put her in the car seat and she's four. And sometimes she'll tell me that she's uncomfortable. Now, sometimes I'll be honest, I think she's trying to con me because she doesn't want to go somewhere. Um, but other times, maybe it's just because uh, maybe the strap is rubbing up against her skin or something mm -hmm. like that. It's usually something I can figure out pretty easily. Mm -hmm. But I am aware that there may be issues where maybe a child feels uncomfortable in, a, in their car seat. How can a parent really try to figure out what's going on um, and what can they do about those situations? Yeah, um, that's a great question. So 
first of all, just in my personal experience, a lot of times if a kid is, you know, uncomfortable in their car seat, it's frequently because it needs some type of adjustment um, where, you know, they're outgrowing the harness or it needs to be adjusted or maybe the crotch buckle needs to be adjusted. So um, that can be kind of confusing for families. Again, if you if you look at your manual for your seat, it'll tell you, you know, how it should fit on your child based on their, their age and their size. Um, however, that's always a good point to meet with a car seat technician um, to see, you know, if there's something that needs to be done to get the seat adjusted properly. And just in my experience, that seems to fix um, a lot of the issues when it comes to discomfort. There are some kids, I was one of those kids that really just didn't like sitting in the car seat. But, you know, my dad is Mr. Safety and you could cry all the tears and get upset and he just wouldn't have it. You had to ride in your car seat. You had to ride in your booster seat. I'm the oldest of six kids. So if anybody tried to get out of anything, he would pull over and make sure that everybody was, was buckled in. So I hope that can help bring a little bit of a a human element to some of this. You know, I remember even as a kid, I didn't really particularly like riding in my booster seat, but I knew that I had to. So, um, yeah, it was really, you know, my dad really stuck with that and that's obviously stuck with me now too. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's very, I'll be honest. I don't remember riding in a car seat at all. I'm, I'm 45 and car seat protocol has come a long way since I was a kid. You know, like, I don't know if you know much about the history of car seats. I certainly don't. But I do know when I was five years old, I wasn't in a in a car seat. Um, what happened? Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, in the last, you know, few decades, um, child passenger safety has really kind of come to, to light. Um, and the recommendations are also changing a lot. So, you know, for example, I'm I'm a 90s baby and I remember, you know, that when my siblings turned 1, um they were in a forward-facing car seat. That was back when we had the car seats with the trays. They don't even make those anymore. Um and and now we're we're saying really they should be rear-facing until they outgrow the rear-facing position by height and weight. After we moved past age one, we were at, well, age two, they can go forward-facing, but some kids are still really small when they turn two. So again, that led to the more updated recommendation of staying rear-facing in the car seat until the upper weight and height limit given for the car seat. So basically just a lot of research. Yes, exactly. A lot, a lot of smart people doing doing really great work. <laughs> yes. I have a question about peer pressure. Yeah. So you saw this question, I think, and this kind of, I've asked a lot of questions around when can someone ride without a car seat? When they, can they go with, in the front? So if your kid sees a friend sitting in the front or sitting without a car seat, and they start to question uh, why they can't sit in the front or why they have to sit in a, in a booster seat. What are some effective Uh, conversation tips parents can use to sort of address that? Yeah, um, 
first of all, this is a really tough one. And I bounced this around with one of my colleagues, actually, um, since she has a son who's seven. So starting to experience some of um, those types of observations that you're describing. You know, um, one of the things that we tell, you know, parents and kids is like, it's not our position to judge or make assumptions of, you know, a family that's making a different decision. You know, you're ultimately responsible for your own child's safety. Um, And I think, you know, having a conversation with your child that you love them, you know, you want to keep them safe in the car, and that's why they need to sit in the back or they're sitting in their booster seat until they get to, you know, that certain height or age where they're able to pass, you know, the five step test or, you know, they're 13 years old. Um, I think putting it that way can be helpful. Um, and just explaining that it's, it's the ultimate goal is to keep you safe. And we want to make sure that we're doing what we can to keep you safe. And unfortunately we can't, you know, control that or influence that with other families. That's a, uh, probably a much more effective answer than saying, because I said so. <laughs> I like that. No, that that's that's excellent. That's really good. Hasn't started happening to me yet, but knowing my daughter, it'll be happening soon. She's going to start <laughs> asking questions. What can parents say to other parents if they notice them maybe not using a car seat correctly or having their kid in an incorrect car seat? Yeah, this is really tough. Um, and, you know, it's really hard to approach strangers um, or impossible really to approach, you know, people in public or people you don't know about this because it just sets off the automatic parent defense that, you know, it feels like a critique of parenting skills or capabilities or maybe they caught you while your harness was loose or something. So, you know, I would say if you see somebody misusing their car seat and you want to say something you're probably going to get the best response from somebody you know and sometimes you're still not going to get a great response i think some things to keep in mind is to make sure you know if you're going to bring something up to make sure that it's done privately um because if you bring it up in front in front of a bunch of other people it can be little embarrassing and people can feel put on the spot. So I would make sure that, you know, you're somewhere private and one-on-one and maybe find a way to kind of insert yourself or humanize, you know, your suggestion a little bit. And what I mean by that is if you notice, you know, somebody using a non-regulated product like a head pillow or something in their car seat, you know, maybe say something like, hey, you know, I just learned the other day that we're not supposed to use um, non-regulated products in car seats. And I noticed that you have one in your seat. So I thought I would just say something and let you know. Or um, say something like, hey, um, do you know that like the harness straps are supposed to be positioned out or below the shoulders for a rear facing car seat? Because I noticed that, you know, for your child or your baby, they're actually positioned above. And I just wanted to, to make sure that you knew that. Um, little things like that might be the best way to approach. Um, you know, and people can always 
refer people to us um, for car seat fitting education. Um, we can give advice a lot of times over the phone. We can do a virtual appointment. So we try to we try to be flexible where we can meet with people um, to try to help make sure that everything is positioned and looks how it's supposed to 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 keep kids safe. So the one of the other questions I used to get a lot when I was working in family relations were people that were looking for financial assistance to purchase a car seat. For those families, um, do you have any sort of advice or resources for them? Yeah, um, in the state of Ohio, um, the Ohio Department of Health has this fantastic program called Ohio Buckles Buckeyes. Um, So what I would encourage families to do is to visit the ODH, Ohio Department of Health, Ohio Buckles Buckeyes or OBB program site. Um, And there's different programs in different counties. So families can look at whatever county that they're living in and see what their OBB site is there and then contact them for, for any potential resources. All right. And one other question I had, which I'm sorry, I should have asked this earlier. How do parents know if a car seat is okay to take on a plane? Yeah, uh, good question. So there should be stamped either, it's usually like a sticker on the car seat that will show a plane and it will say is aircraft certified or it will have a dash through the airplane and say it is not aircraft certified. So um, those are the things to look for. But um, just an important note there is that With booster seats, you can never use a booster seat on an airplane because it's a lap-only belt. So that goes for booster seat and it goes for car seats that, um, you know, can be a harness or can be a booster seat. You can use it in harness mode, but you can't use it in booster mode on an airplane. I see. So while car seats have standard safety specifications, they're not all able to be used on a on an airplane that's correct okay all right that's good information to know i had no idea okay now michelle we sent you a list of the thought starter questions right yep and you took a look at them and you said and i quote these are all awesome questions and each one of them comes up a lot And that's fine. I asked you a bunch of questions that I think are are relatively common. But at the bottom there, I put impossible myths I've heard. So we're going to go through those myths. And I got to be honest, these questions, I don't know how often you hear these or if you're just being friendly. So we'll see. The first one I put is, is it okay to purchase a used car seat? Because I've heard that it's not okay to purchase a used car seat. Yeah, um, I would say mostly true. <laughs> um, you know, the exception to that would be, you know, if you if you know someone that you really trust, a friend, a family member, and they have a car seat that they've had in their possession the entire time, they can tell you it has never been in a crash, um, it's not expired, and um, it's not been recalled, it's fine to use the car seat. Where we get a little, where we do get worried or we don't recommend um, people to source used car seats is, you know, from eBay, Facebook Marketplace, yard sales. You know, you start getting into seats that you don't know the history of them, where they, 
you know, in a crash where it might have somehow compromised the integrity of the, the shell or the harness. So again, you know, getting a used car seat from somebody you know very well, who you trust, it's not expired, um, it hasn't been recalled, and it, they can tell you it has not been in a crash and it's been in their possession the entire time. That's a case where I think it's fine. Okay. Now, you use the word expire twice, <laughs> which leads me to my second question. So to give you some background, had an older car seat, always been in my possession. And when we were taking my daughter out of the hospital, they said, oh yeah, you can't use that car seat. It, it's expired. And I was like, well, this is not a carton of milk. It's a, it's a car seat. And they said, well, something about the plastic degrading over time. I didn't understand that. I just took their <laughs> word for it because I wanted to bring my baby home. So it sounds like car seats can expire. Is it because of the plastic degrading over time or is there something else? Is it like after 10 years? Help me understand this, yeah. Michelle. Yeah, definitely. So um, first of all, every car seat has different or every manufacturer and every model has different amounts of time where it will expire. To my knowledge, they're all, except for, I can think of one special needs car seat off the top of my head. They have a six year expiration date. Some of them are eight, some of them are 10. So that's just something to keep in mind when you're trying to figure out, you know, if your car seat, um, when it expires. So you can look on your car seat for the sticker. Sometimes it's stamped onto the plastic. It'll say like expires six years after date of manufacture. If you can't find it that way, you can always look at your manufacturer sticker on your seat and call the manufacturer of your car seat. And they should be able to walk you through and help, help you figure out, you know, when your car seat expires, you can also look in your manual if you still have it. Um, when it comes to the plastic, you know, when your your car seat, when you're, it's, it's exposed to the same elements that your car is. So over time, you know, especially here in Ohio, we have really, really hot days and really, really cold days that vary seasonally. And then also there's, so that causes the, the plastic to contract and expand over the course of, of years. And also you have the harness that you're loosening and tightening and loosening and tightening and you're unbuckling, rebuckling for years. So, you know, over time that, that will cause some wear on the car seat. But what really is the biggest reason, um, to me, and I think a lot of car seat technicians and, um, engineers and manufacturers is, you know, there's so much research that's going into car safety, car seat safety, and when you have a car seat that, you know, you, you're tempted to use past its expiration date, um, one thing to keep in mind is that there's new safety features that are coming out all the time. And when you're using um, a car seat past its expiration date, you're potentially, you know, missing out on some safety features that a newer car seat may have or some updates that may have been done to your particular car seat. So, you know, most people have a, a cell phone <laughs> that's newer than six years. I know that I do. Um, so that's just, just one thing to keep in mind that it's really 
comes down to the developments and technology and the updates in car seat safety um, as time goes on. I see. So technology drives the expiration date mostly. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. In my mind, yes. I, I, I believe it's a combination of both, but really um, the safety features that, that get updated um, as time goes on, you don't, you don't want to miss out on those if you can help it. Well, that makes sense. And I think most parents would rather have the safest car seat possible as opposed to, you know, let's say if their mom came to them and said, this is the car seat that you had 25 years ago. They don't care about that sentimental value. They want something safe for their kids. All right, that makes sense. Those are all the questions that I have. Michelle, is there anything that you want to make sure that you cover or mention during our time here? Yeah, so my final thoughts are is, you know, to to get accurate um, car seat information in terms of fit install um you know the the best resources are going to be child passenger safety technicians um our website is also a great resource for car seat safety tips um for fit and install um and also safe kids worldwide which is the certifying body for certified child passenger safety technicians, they have a lot of great information as well on car seat safety. Um, you know, if, if parents come through those or if you read your manual and you're, you're still confused, you're not alone, um, you know, we're here to help you. Car seat technicians, that's our job to, to keep kids safe out there on the road. So um, just really encourage people to, to contact us with any questions. All right. And what's the best way for parents to contact you? Is there, I know they can go on our website. Is there a good phone number? Yeah. So our uh, phone number is 513-803-7433. And um, we also have a Facebook page and the handle for that is at Growing Safer. And we post a lot of car seat tips or other Um, not even just car seat tips. We post all kinds of child safety tips on there. Um, That's a great way to, to see what we're doing. Um, That's also where you can sign up for a virtual car seat tech or check. That's also a place where you can sign up for a virtual car seat check. So yeah, those are really the the two best ways. Um, There's also an email address on our, on our portion of the website also. All right. Thank you, Michelle. Well, I learned a lot today. Um, I learned that uh, car seat expiration dates are not just some big cover-up by the car seat industry. (laughs) Uh, That's good news. Um, I learned some effective ways to talk to my child about when and how to move uh, to different car seats. And uh, also I found out that Simone Biles is uh, definitely safe, and that that warms (laughs) my heart. So thank you again so much for your time today, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Season 1, Episode 10. This episode was recorded on August 10th, 2021. The content of this podcast is for informational and educational purposes. Our theme music was created by Stephen Grieco. This episode was produced by Symphony Pitts. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us next week on the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. Follow Cincinnati Children's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.